This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry Hardesty, how are we feeling tonight? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Feeling a little chilly. Uh-huh. A little chilly. I got, I got broke out the uh, snowblower again today. Did you really? Uh, I don't know if I, just, I don't have a good snowblower or if it's just unique. But it feels like every time I have a reason to, to blow the snow, it's just mm-hmm. not the right kind. Of, today it was too icy. Yeah. It wasn't really yep. getting down to the yep. to the pavement. Uh, you have a snowblower that is six inches and above a fluffy snow. Yeah. That's what you have. I need perfect snow. conditions. Uh, need much perfect like conditions. me, I need perfect conditions to work. Yes. Uh, I, that's, that's, that's how I operate, and that's also how my snowblower operates. Well, listen. Um, I was just pushing. I was just walking back and forth on my driveway today. That's that's basically what I did. But you wasted time, and that's that's a good thing. I got some steps in. That that's yeah, supposed there's to be always healthy, a positive. So that's always good. And you had some time alone that you could think to yourself. Mm-hmm. That's always positive, right? And I spend those any free moment I have right now, probably for like the next three weeks, mm-hmm. is going to be why did I pick this stupid loser organiza- organization <laughs> of a football team to root for? Why? What you're what really was st- it? You're really still mulling this situation? Oh, my God. Larry, this is going to be my – every day my wife asks me what's wrong. Say, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, there's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Except but, my life, my entire life, my entire sports rooting life, my number one sport and the number one team that I root for, the only team I root for in that sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a match made in hell. But what can we do about this, Gordon? Nothing. That's the problem. If I could do something, uh, see, the problem is I have chosen to associate myself with losers. Mm-hmm. If these were people in my life, Larry, I'd cut them out. Right. Well, you could cut I'd them cut out. them out. I'd cut them off. I'd, I'd lose their number. You could cut them out. I can't, though. I love football. Well, you could. All right. No, which do you I can't. Love more, no, watching no. football or watching Miami and be tortured? Lose the number. I wish I could. I wish I could quit. Mm-hmm. We're all addicted to the NFL, and when we pick. Look, I, I picked a loser organization. What, what am I supposed to do? Become one of these people? Oh, you know what? I decided to root for this other team when I'm 53 years old. No, I'm not no, going to do that. No. I, what, what? People right, should well, lose my number if that if I did that. So, you, so you think the right answer here is to continue to suffer? That's. I mean, what other choice do I have? I, I have signed you, up for a you, life sentence, Larry. Do you know how easy it is for me to sit and watch football games? I understand. I you're you're very team. lucky. You have the have wisdom. You have the wisdom. Have no you team. are a smart man. You, now, look, you spent all those years on the Jets sideline. That will swear people off football rooting for a team for good. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for me, I had a couple of... I had a couple of championship games, Gordon. So that, right. that, that yeah, that you did have right. Yeah, easier. everybody's had more success than I had. <laughs> Everyone is at. Anytime I hear anybody complain about their team, I I think I, I don't say generally this out loud, but right. generally the entire time, angry, angry. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, shut up, you ingrate, you absolute <laughs> ingrate. That's what I want to say to them. And I only say that to the people that I love. But <laughs> you realize how good you've had it. So you're gonna so so you're gonna be suffering now until oh, the football weeks. season's over. Absolutely, weeks, weeks on that. And I knew this was gonna happen. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I knew it every step of the way. Not and surprised. It, 
it's like uh, it's like watching a car wreck in slow motion, like really slow motion over the mm -hmm. pr process of four months. Oh no! And uh, sure enough, sure enough, done, done. Wow! And and you know what? It's it's never it's never that you can take anything out of it either, right? Like, it, say the say the Texans lose this week, right? Mm -hmm. They've had a great run. They won a playoff game. They they want they, they they won their division. They got in. They're good. Yep. To, they're a bright young team. They got a bright yes. future. Yes. I don't have a bright anything. So, um, do you is, is is McDaniel's your coach? Is he the coach? I'm, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't level. been fired yet. <laughs> well, I really, I Larry, well, maybe I the owners like you. <laughs> no, I swear, I thought that by today there was a you know like the surprise firing. The Dolphins have fired Mike McDaniel. Look, I mean, can we be honest? Mm -hmm. If McCarthy still has a job, McDaniel should still have a job. Yeah. I mean, let's be fair. Uh-huh. If McCarthy still has a job, if Sirianni still has a job, McDaniel should still have a job. Well, at least Sirianni got to a Super Bowl. Mike McCarthy, every single year, they're 12 and 5, they're 12 and 5, they're 12 and 5, and yeah, yeah. And flame the, out. And, end, and this one same. was the worst of the bunch. Oh, it was awful. It's awful. It's, it's just bad. It's just really bad. It's really bad. Well, Gordon, um, if there's anything else I can do to be a listening no, ear, try nothing. to be a sympathetic ear for you, you know, you know feel and, free. And, see, and that's the thing. While people will try to make me feel better by telling me about their team, mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, and we had really – shut up. You won a Super Bowl <laughs> three years ago. Shut your face. Shut your face. Well, you know – as a Giant fan, we've had to really – shut up. Shut up. Every last one of you. You've gotten miracle. So God loves you. Super Bowl wins. Catching balls against their helmet. Makeable field goals the guy misses out of the blue. I, you, your experience is not my experience. Mm -hmm. So when they try to make me feel better, it actually makes me angrier. Well, at least I don't do that. No, you don't do that. Thank you, Larry. I'm the one person that can't do that. No, I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I got I no team. No, nah, look, I got it. <laughs> I got, I got no it. Team. <laughs> well, you know what, Gordon? Let's talk yeah. about some top stories, shall we? All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. How about that? All right. Mm -hmm. In the game you heard right here on 98.7 ESPN, Rangers wanted to put a winning streak together. They were 4-5-1 and one in their last 10, averaging three goals per game. Beat the Kraken 5-2, now 15-6-0 oh at home. Islanders have dropped three straight road games on Winnipeg to face off against the Jets. Isles 8-9-4 away from UBS. Jets have a 3-1 lead on a pair of goals in the second period. Gordon, write these names down. I don't have to write them down. I'm just curious. I'm just uh, curious. Yep. Okay. According to The Athletic, yeah. Knicks are shopping a couple of players. Okay. Shopping Quentin Grimes. Right. And Evan Fournier's expiring contract. They want them <laughs> well, to try to yeah. fit in a $20 million slot. Okay? Yeah. So here's some of the names that fit okay. that slot. Some sure. of the names that fit the slot. Mm -hmm. uh, Portland has Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. I've heard that one. Uh, Jazz have Jordan Clarkson, who heard has that been a, fav a, oh, a proud favorite here of late. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and Colin Sexton. Mm -hmm. Says two from Utah. Charlotte has Terry Rozier. Okay. Uh, Pacers have Bruce Brown and TJ McConnell. Okay. Uh, Hawks have Brogdon Bogdanovich. Uh, All right. Not, not really what I think uh, the Knicks need right now. Yeah. 
Uh, well, he's a scorer, so they're looking to score yeah. off the bench. But That's don't they need more of like a, a, a facilitator for the offense yeah. when Brunson's not – and to kind of allow Brunson not just to be the facilitator mm-hmm. of the offense? Mm-hmm. Yep. And he wouldn't do that. No. Uh, Karis LeVert from Cleveland. I do like Karis LeVert. I, has he been healthy? He, that guy always seems like he's hurt. Always seems to be hurt, right? Karis and LeVert this, is always hurt. And this is is not happening. I don't even know why he's on the list. Mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr. He's been here twice. We don't need to see him three times. We're if good. If he comes back a third time, he gets a uh, he gets a case of uh, beer glasses, <laughs> you know, pint glasses. He, he, gets, he gets a free prize or something. Third time's he a should. charm. Absolutely. Always, once a Nick, always a Nick. He really is always a Nick. <laughs> Come to, in other words, can't get rid of him as a Nick. He's coming back. <laughs> Let's try it again. Maybe this time it'll work out. So those are just a few of the names that are being circulated. So mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye out on that, and uh, maybe we'll see what you have to say about that a little bit later at one 800 919 Gordon, the Atlanta Falcons have officially expressed interest in the coach who handed the franchise the most painful loss in oh, team history. God, That would be Bill Belichick. They interviewed him yesterday for their head coaching vacancy. The first known interview done by Belichick since he and the Patriots mutually said bye-bye. Remember, Arthur Smith was fired as head coach at the end of the season. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be going on some other tours in the NFC. <laughs> I can think of a team not that far away that he might be visiting while he's in the South. I'm sure that he will get a phone call, Gordon. You know, it, it does, though, feel like with Jerry Jones, and maybe it's just my perception of the situation, it feels mm-hmm. like with Jerry Jones, he is very sensitive to whatever the narrative is about him. Like, there was a narrative about him when um, – uh, who, who's the, the previous coach of the of the of the Cowboys? Uh, the guy Jason Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett. When Jason mm-hmm. Garrett was on the hot seat every single year, it's like, oh, Jason Garrett's going to be out, and he was he gave Jason Garrett more and more opportunities. It's like he's Jerry Jones is very sensitive about what the public perception of him is. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if the fact that the perception is they're definitely going to fire Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe is making, or it, certainly the Belichick part of it. Maybe yes. he's thinking, well, we'll think outside the box. We're gonna, we're gonna get somebody nobody thinks of, and it won't be, it won't right. be um, Bill Belichick. In other, in other words, somebody I can bully around and still maintain control. Right. Yeah. He definitely likes to be. He wants to win, but he only wants to win his way. Uh, no question about it. Now, Gordon, it was uh, interesting in Philadelphia last night as we left the air. You asked if the coach would still be there tonight mm-hmm. when we hit the air. Yeah. Surprisingly, he is. He One is. person who is not, who will not be there, Jason Kelsey. Mm-hmm. According to sources, he told teammates, post-game locker room, it's over. I'm done. Visibly emotional at the end of the 32-9, Gordon, 32-9 wildcard playoff loss to Tampa Bay. Six-time All-Pro and future Hall of Famer has considered retiring in recent seasons, but this time it will happen. When reporters wanted to speak to him last night after the loss, he said, no, guys, not today. I yeah, well, I think he's kind of been gearing up for this. He's kind of had more of a media presence. He's had his podcast going with his brother. So mm-hmm. he's been working towards this end. And you're right. I mean, he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer and uh, his personality. He's become famous as, and, and doing this while being an offensive lineman, which is not generally – uh, an easy thing to do, so no. uh, good for him. A great career. Unfortunately, uh, the if he had any ideas that him telling his teammates that he was going to retire after this was going to get something out of them, that did not work. Yeah. 
He might as well have told them before the game. Yeah. It seems like they're also retired. A lot of them on the team are also. <laughs> a lot of them quit this during the game. This is it for you. This is it for us. A lot of them quit during the game. Bro. Yeah, it did seem that way. Well, here's one guy who we know is going to be back. It's Mike Tomlin. Told the Steelers players and coaches today that he plans to coach the team in 2024. This a day after he walked out of a news conference when he was asked about his contract. Now, Tomlin, who has a year left on this deal, has given no indications of wanting to step away. In recent weeks, a source close to the situation told our Jeremy Fowler that Tomlin just wants to coach football. Source added that the contract extension talks could intensify this offseason. He is... Gordon, I don't know what I don't know what he has, but he's a guy that gets a lot out of everything. If they could have injuries, they could have rookies, they could have he finds his way into an over five hundred record and sometimes into the postseason. He, he's just amazing. He's amazing. He is, although the Steelers, this is gonna sound crazy, they have not won a playoff game since the twenty sixteen season. That's a long time for a long an organization. Time. And they've had success. They've not had real down years, clearly. He's not had a below 500 season. Mm-hmm. So you just wonder, they got to get some things straight, starting with the quarterback. They have not had a quarterback here for the last couple of years. It's been Big Ben walked away, and yeah. um, they got a. They, they thought Pickett might be the guy. Doesn't look like Pickett's the guy. Do they go someplace else this offseason? Do they give him another chance? Mm-hmm kind of a little murky right now see harvey's trying to tweak you i'm not gonna fall for it what's that i'm i'm not gonna say it just just we'll just move on oh yeah they beat the dolphins yeah no i i understand no no one has gone longer since a playoff win than the miami dolphins (laughs) i'm not tweaking it i'm just presenting facts they are Mm -hmm. a loser organization Mm -hmm. headed by a, a, a guy an NFL owner who, yes. by all me- metrics and measures, he's he's a genius, right? I mean, if yeah. you make enough money in your lifetime to be able to afford an NFL team, you're a genius. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in NFL ter- circles, uh, the NFL, the Dolphins owner is a uh, NFL bobo. He's uh, he's a moron. He, he steps in at every single chance he gets. He looks, he, he, you just look at him, you know he's going to screw something up. Yeah. And has repeated. You can't pick the right people. Yeah, right? he just he, can't pick the right I, people. You know what's amazing? We're we're talking about um, you know Mike McDaniel and we're talking about uh, not picking the right people. The uh, the Lions, Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. he had the Dolphin job. He was the interim coach when That's they right. got rid of um, oh geez I can't think of the guy's name right now. I'm blanking on it. But he had a you had him in the building. He yes. got a chance to run your team. You mm-hmm. were saying hmm should we have this guy run our team? Nah, we're gonna go outside the organization. Yeah. But they didn't know he was going to be this good. Clearly. They had him in the building, and they didn't realize he was going to be this good. Idiots. Those are some of the stories we'll be talking about tonight on ESPN. Joe Philbin was the guy. I knew it was the guy before Gase. Another another great hire, Joe Philbin. Oh, my God. Hard to believe he's not got another crack at it. Yeah, he had had some issues down there. He had a little bullying scandal. Right, with the owner. That that was all brought about by the owner. The owner got caught cheating several times, trying to hire coaches that are not hiring and then have to give the the, – I mean, he's just a disaster. People that complain about Woody Johnson, Woody Johnson is like like Robert Kraft compared to (laughs) the guy I got. Boy, Jet fans don't really look at it that way. I'm sure they don't. (laughs) They only look at it through their prism. I get it. They don't think so. They don't – 
Robert Kraft and him, they don't have a they don't they, they Buddha just that choked on his drink right there when I said no, that. No, no, no. Wow. No, no. He's he's in the good mood because his Sixers beat Denver. There you go. So he's he's a he's he's off. Oh, he he didn't choke on his drink. He's just <laughs> just a little <laughs> that's all he said. 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your calls next on 987 ESPN. Yeah, our owner is a bobo. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. I'm not worried about me. I'm not I'm worried. I'm, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm as a head coach. I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now, you know, through, through a tough time. Obviously, we didn't finish uh, anywhere near we wanted to finish, so Again, my heart feels for these guys. You know, we're all taking it hard, and that's where my mind is right now. Nick Sirianni, last night Gordon asked the question, do you fear for your job? Hard to stay in Damon here on 987 ESPN. Gordon, let me give you some quotes from Jalen Hurts. Ready? Mm-hmm. Asked if he wants the Eagles coach back. He said, quote, I didn't know he was going anywhere. End of quote. Told that there's been rampant speculation that Sirianni's job was in jeopardy, Hurts said, quote, I didn't know that, end of quote. And when Hertz was asked whether he had confidence in him to fix the Eagles' late-season freefall, which you saw what ended last night, the quarterback said, quote, I have a ton of confidence in everyone in this building, end of quote. Uh, ringing endorsement for Nick Sirianni from the quarterback, Gordon? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, those are kind of the, the, the comments that you would expect, right? You don't expect the quarterback to blow him up in public and say this, it was his fault. It's all on him and, and all those kind of things. And the other things that I, I saw AJ Brown speaking and I saw some other guys speaking about um, uh, the future of the head coach and the future of the, the coaching staff, and the offensive coordinator. I think we got to get to what was the main issue. Was it something behind the scenes? Was it, uh, uh, it clearly seems like they, they panicked with the moves that they made on the coaching staff and that type of stuff. Or was it just simply that they, they started to get old? Hmm. It seemed like they when they hit the, the week 10, week 11, week 12, um, they, they just weren't able to uh, recover from that point. And the more, the more they tried to do to fix things, the, the worse it made it. And, and by the end, it, it, it definitely seemed like, and I don't know if we have Troy Aikman's comments after the game last night, but he, he basically said that they, you can say all the right things, but their mm-hmm. body language told you that they did not believe it themselves and uh, nope. that was certainly the case last night they did uh, they were a beaten team just standing on the field even while the game was still going on I think Sirianni lost that team Gordon with the deep they were struggling but what happened with the defense and the change and everything I mm-hmm. think it, it sent it said to the team oh the head coach is panicking and he doesn't know what to do he's grasping at straws and when you have a veteran group like that that kind of sense is, you know what, things are not really the way they should be. Plus, as you know, Gordon, when you lose different coaches off your staff mm-hmm. and they go elsewhere, it hurts. It, it, yes, it, absolutely. It, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It, it, it changes the chemistry. It changes the continuity. It changes sometimes what the head coach has to do. Sometimes he's got to be more involved. So, you know, there was a lot of things. That's why it is so tough to continue to be successful in the National Football League, Gordon, because as soon as you get good, they want to take your your coordinators or your 
your, you know, your line coaches or whatever way, and it, it changes things. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a group that's been uh, together. I know the quarterback's different, but they've been together for a while, a lot of the yeah. key pieces. So uh, maybe it's time to, to not not rebuild, but uh, retool. They're going to have to certainly make up for the, the loss of Jason Kelsey along the mm-hmm. offensive line. They've had one of the best offensive lines and you knew last night they were cooked when that tush yeah. push didn't work. That's it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> when that thing didn't work. Yeah. Uh, how long this, the ship is sinking. How far yeah. can it, the sky's the limit. That That's was it. them last night. Yeah, it was, it was, I got to tell you, and we'll hear from Baker Mayfield in a second, Gordon. I got to tell you, uh, that was an, that was an impressive performance by, by, uh, that Tampa Bay offense. They were, they put points on the board and, and once again, you know, I think more than obviously there was an offensive situation, but defensively, Gordon, they just they just never recovered. I mean, once they went down around November, they never recovered. That offense, they looked. I thought I was watching the Dallas game again with all the people that were open in the secondary <laughs> with the Eagles with with Tampa. Mm-hmm. And think about how good that must have felt for for Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a guy that's been kicked around a lot. A lot, you know, was injured with the Browns and was trying to play through it and got crucified as a result of Mm -hmm. not playing well. And and you take a look at this. I don't know that a lot of people were expecting a whole lot. Threw for 4,000 yards this year, 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Mm -hmm. He's had a really good year. So a guy who was the number one overall pick and – and went through some tough times, right? Yeah. Get bounced to what was it? The Ram, he played with the Rams for a, a little bit, and mm-hmm. trying to find a home, and, mm-hmm. and now it looks like uh, he, he's found a home with Tampa. No, I'm not going to do it. Um, Baker Mayfield, how good does this win feel? I said immediately after the game, we, we worked extremely hard to get a chance to be in the playoffs, and uh, we just wanted an opportunity, and our guys came out and played really really well special teams defense once again chase is a stud defense played lights out um yeah and we, we should have had a lot more points on offense but uh we did just enough to get the win tonight and um yeah we're, we're, we're happy but uh, still got more to go 32 points we we left some points on the field gordon <laughs> could have got more than 32 yeah i think i think the eagles are thankful it was only 32 yeah yeah no question Jalen Hurts, what's going on with the team's identity these days? I think just uh, where we are um, as a team. We've had um, a ton of opportunities to do great things, and we haven't taken advantage of them. You know, and I've talked about the, the ownership of, of that and me taking ownership for the things I can control and, and challenging everyone to take ownership for the things that they can't control. Um, and for us to put the output that we want on the field, obviously have the results that we want and have the opportunities we want. Takes consistency in that. Um, there's no point to identity, um, no more than execution. Um, the reality is we have to uh, to be better, you know, and that starts with me. You know, um, he really took a step, a big step forward last season that got them to the Super Bowl, Gordon. And he started out okay, but I think you know I haven't watched them all year. You know, I'm not embedded with Philly. But it just seemed like with the injuries, first the knee and then the finger over the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. he just he was wasn't healthy this year. He just didn't seem to be healthy. Yeah, and um, they once the the snowball started falling down the hill, they just never could recover really. Mm-hmm. Outside of that one game against the Giants, and even that game, the the the, the first game, they, they they didn't play well in that game either. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it's interesting when you take a look at the teams that are still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the of the uh, the teams that are are going to conference championship weekend. Yep. And in regards to uh, the teams here, especially the Giants, because I think mm-hmm. the Giants have a question to ans- ask themselves this offseason in terms of building. Mm-hmm. They're sitting with the sixth pick. Yep. Do you go about getting the quarterback and then trying to find the other pieces around the quarterback once you have that guy set? Or do you look at it and say, well, you know, if we're picking six, chances are we're going to get at best the third quarterback of this draft. Mm-hmm. Do you really kind of go about it? Because you look at like the Lions are a perfect example. Mm-hmm. When they got Goff, he was, I think he was kind of expected to just be a placeholder. Yeah. Build up the other talent around the team, and then we'll figure out the quarterback when we get down the road. Uh, same thing kind of with the, the Buccaneers to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have the rest of the team, and then they just found somebody to come in. Who, who's our best option? Baker Mayfield's our best option yeah. to quarterback. Yep. Well, how do the Giants go about this offseason? Do they build up the team around? Because it, it feels like they, they've already used a high pick on a quarterback in Daniel Jones at six. That didn't work out. I think mm-hmm. a, a large part because of the, the talent around him just wasn't right. good enough. Right. Uh, do you do you go down that road again, or do you kind of sit back and say, "Wait a second, we if we don't improve, we're just going to be doing the same thing all over again." If we don't improve the other aspects of the team mm-hmm. first, and we'll worry about the don't look to short circuit it. I think with the the hope is if you draft a quarterback, top five, top six, that's gonna that's gonna speed our development moving forward. We nail that pick, everything else will fall into place. Yeah, but if you don't nail that pick, if it's not a slam dunk right away, that guy struggles. And I think Baker Mayfield is a perfect example of that. He struggled in in Cleveland. He had some good years in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. but struggled at times as well because there's still a team that's kind of trying to to figure out how to win. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how the Giants go about this offseason with that pick. Now, Mel Kuyper says that uh, where the Giants pick, the quarterbacks are not better than Daniel Jones as of right now, where the quarterbacks are going to be. And, of course, you know, it fluctuates. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the, you know, the combine, it's going to change. Pro days, it's going to be up and up and down. Right. So, does, if that's the case, then it would logically, you would say, it would make more sense to put build up around them. Let's build around. Because they still need a lot of stuff. They need playmakers on offense, mm-hmm. need offensive line. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to need some help on the defensive side of the field as well. Mm-hmm. So is it better for them to take that six, move down to get a bunch of picks, and then try to sprinkle every place else? The only reason that I'm, I would like to see them take a quarterback if they could, Gordon, is because you hope to not be in this situation next year. Well, see, that's the problem. If you pass on the quarterback at six this year, the, the hope is next year you're not going to be picking top 10, top right. 15. You're hoping to be back more towards exactly. where you were two years ago. Which means you won't get one. Right. But it's e- your, your pool. Uh, now, you, the question is, do you need an elite quarterback to win or do you just need a good, solid quarterback play, maybe above average, but not elite like the Lions, I don't think that Jared Goff is ever going to be described as elite. Mm-hmm. But do you look at the Lions as a team that can win a Super Bowl 
basically with the group that they have. Obviously, you're going to have to make some some changes if they don't win this year, but mm-hmm. he's going to be your guy moving forward. Can you win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff being the quarterback if the other areas of the team are really well above average in comparison to your competition? I think they have a good shot to, to get to uh championship game, right? Yeah, I think they do with what they have. I think the defense is physical. Mm-hmm. Their offense, they got playmakers. I mean, Brown is phenomenal. They got a decent run game. Yep. And, you know, you're right about golf. As long as he doesn't turn the football over, Gordon, they're going to be okay. Right. You know, but that's been the issue with him, which is why McVay wanted him to go bye-bye because he turns it over in key moments. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't do it against them, but that's been the concern. So that's what the Giants have to figure out. The bottom line here is, but but first – I think for the Giants, this, that's a, obviously it's a Joe Shane question. But the next thing for the Giants is, is Brian Dable going to learn how to adjust and play nice with the people that he's got? I mean, that's going to be the other thing. Is this going to continue to be a distraction? And once again, I don't mind him disagreeing with his coordinators. That's okay. I don't, I don't want a puppet with him mm-hmm. handling the strings. I want there to be a give and take. If you're a Giant fan, that's what you want. But it seems like it's more than just that. Once again, it's on the outside. Don't know. But it seems like it's more than just that. And Kafka's getting some interviews. And Gordon, I'm telling you, (laughs) if he he can get out of there, he would. Yeah, that's really odd. If he's leaving for some other job, that would be very surprising. That means you got to replace three coordinators. Offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah, not what you needed. And in terms of uh, the old draft chart from Mm -hmm. back in the day, the Mm -hmm. Giants have the fourth most draft capital this draft. They have the sixth pick, the 39th pick, and the 47th. They have three top 50 picks, and they also pick 70th. So they they have more than enough ammo if they want to move up, move down. Yep, yep, yep. And they could do both. They They could. could And it might might behoove them to move up because – even even if you say, Harvey and Giant fans, even if you say that, okay, I love Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to be okay. I, he's We saw what he could do last year. The lack of availability is a concern, Gordon. And he's, and he, and he's had more serious injuries, and as he gets older, he's not going to get healthier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you see, know, that's, that's the, the concern. The idea of building the team up around, the Giants have used a ton of picks trying to build the offensive line, and it still stinks. I know. I know. Should have worked. Stinks. Evan Neal should have worked. He went to should've. a big enough program. It should have worked. Yeah, should have worked. should have been good enough. Mm-hmm. He should have been good enough. Just wasn't. That the, Look, the hiring of that offensive line coach, that might be the most important hire they made, even more absolutely. so the defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Let the man cook. Right. You're right. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. Oh. <laughs> This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. To all the non-believers. How did that? To all the non-believers. Especially you, Tom Jackson. Way to have our back, Keyshawn. Anybody can be beat. So how did that just feel? Felt great. Poetic justice. We know we are a much better team than we came up and represented ourselves. And we were, we were off. We was ready to come back and show what kind of defense, what type of team this was, what kind of character we had. We take a lot of slack. People gave us no chance, like we barely made it in playoffs. We're a good football team. 
It looks like this team played with anger all day. Why, Bart? For all you non-believers, disrespect us, talk crap about the defense, like we ain't the third best defense in the league. All we hear is about their defense. They can't stop a nosebleed. 25th in the league, and we don't want to get disrespected. Congratulations. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Years ago today, Gordon Damon. How many years? 13? 13. Wow. Long time ago. 13 years ago today. It was cold in Foxborough that day, Gordon Damon. Can't wait. Who knew he was going to be a broadcaster? <laughs> right. <laughs> we had no clue. <laughs> and what a great job by Sal Palantonio to yep. just kind of throw it out, throw the meat out there, throw it, it out, you know, That's chum it. the waters a little bit, yep. and let Bart go to town. That's it. And, and not did. step all over it like uh, nope. so many people would do. Nope. He didn't. He didn't. I was a, that was a shocker. Hun. <laughs> yeah. Now you hear him screaming and yelling all the time. Mm-hmm. Daily. Daily. Yeah. Daily. Five days a week. Five days a week. Didn't you say you was supposed to be on earlier in the day with the Barton Han? <laughs> so, Gordon, let's have a little fun. All Give right. me some music there, uh, I need some Harvey. Fun in my life. Yes, I know you do. Um, Gordon, you know my friends at Bet Online. Yeah, I've heard of them. Uh, NFL odds for next head coach. Ready? Yeah, give it to okay. me. All right, next Eagles head coach, if not Nick Sirianni. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who would you say are the top? Well, there's two that are in second place. So give me the top five. It feel I don't know. I've not seen any odds or anything mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. it feels like that Belichick is going to be the number one choice everywhere. I don't see Belichick being a fit in Philadelphia. Right. But I would say if I had to guess who the betting favorite was, mm-hmm. I guess I would say Belichick. Uh, he is number two. Okay. So there's somebody – is it somebody who is a hot name? That, see, to me, Vrabel would make a lot of sense in Philly. I think Vrabel, they would love him in Philly. Two to three, minus 150 for Vrabel. Okay. Belichick and Bobby Slowick is a four to one. All right. You know, and for those who don't know, let's say Bobby Slowick, who's that? He, of course, is the Texans' offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And when you he's, see – He's going to apparently be a very – Oh, popular name. Uh, thanks to C.J. Stroud's not hurting mm-hmm. them. Yeah. <laughs> not hurting them. Uh, ben Johnson is 5-1. to one. And Gordon, Jim Harbaugh is 9-1. to one. Mm-hmm. So those are the top guys there. Uh, folks of note, Rex Ryan, 16-1. to one. <laughs> Dan I, Quinn, 16-1. to one. Uh... <laughs> Uh, ready? Yeah. <laughs> Donovan McNabb, 100 to 1. I don't and, think Donovan McNabb is going to get the job either. And Terrell Owens, 200 to 1. Yeah, I don't. If, if, if you bet your money on Terrell Owens getting the job. Yes. And he lose. does get the job. You deserve more than 200 to 1. You do. You do. No question about it. Now, we know. Let's go talk to Atlanta. We know that Belichick has interviewed. Mm-hmm. And Harbaugh is interviewed. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we'll tell you right now that Belichick obviously is the leader in the clubhouse at minus 150. 
Okay. There are one, two, three, four coaches at 10 to one, but the number two person I'm looking for is, uh, is interesting. I'll just put it that way. Now, this He's is Atlanta you're talking about? This is Atlanta. Okay. And Belichick is number one at minus 150. Mm-hmm. I'll give you the other ones. Uh, Slowick okay. again, 10 to 1. Harbaugh, right. 10 to 1. Kellen Moore, 10 to 1. Mike Vrabel, 10 to 1. This guy is 11 to 4. It's a plus 275. Pete Carroll? No. He has never been a head coach. He's never been a head coach. Just got fired. Victim Just of circumstance. Fired. Just got oh, fired. Oh, uh, Wink Martindale? Eric Bieniemy. Oh, Eric Bien. Did he get fired? I didn't know that. He got fired. He's, he's out as well. I yeah, didn't see that. I just saw that the head coach was gone. I think okay. everybody left. All right. Everybody left for Washington. Interesting. Right. Yep. Uh, Dallas. <laughs> Harbaugh, 13. Harbaugh's a plus 650. I have it 13 to 2. Plus 650. Okay. Okay. Uh, Belichick. Minus 175, 4 to 7. Mm-hmm. Bobby Slowick again, 11 to 2, plus 550. Bobby Slowick's everywhere. He's going to coach he every team everywhere. <laughs> he is. Uh, Vrabel, 6 to 1. And uh-huh. Dan Quinn is 8 to 1. That's the Cowboys head coach. Dan Quinn. I don't I, I can't Dan get Dan Quinn. If we're, getting rid, if we're getting rid of Mike McCarthy, yeah. you can't very well get rid of Mike McCarthy and say, hey, Dan Quinn, here's the job when his defense looked like, I mean, just – Refried dog poop on, uh, on that guy. I mean, they were terrible. Uh, can you believe? All right. Give me the top four Chargers head coaching. Top four. Well, I would think that it has to be um, the, the number one guy that would make sense to me is Harbaugh. Yeah, he is number one. Yeah, Harbaugh would be the, the perfect fit there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, need, they need a culture builder. They need, they need a guy who you know he's the guy and there's no other guy. Mm-hmm. They don't need the hot assistant. They don't need the whiz kid guy that's never coached before. They need somebody to come. So to me, they need Harbaugh. They mm-hmm. need Rabel. They need mm-hmm. somebody who's going to come in there almost like uh, Dan Campbell and, right. and set the tone and set the culture right away. Here's your top four. Okay. Harbaugh, minus 200. Ben Johnson, 4-1. to one. Yeah, I don't like that. Dan Quinn five to one. Dan Quinn, Bill Belichick nine to one, and, and Eric Bieniemy fourteen to one. I'd see. I need somebody in there. Now Belichick says he's not going to coach anybody in the AFC. Belichick would be one that would because he would go in there right away. Yep, and fix the defense. Move his furniture. It would, right. It would, it would be. It would be light. I, now I, I don't know if it'd be top five, but it would be light years away from where I mean, right. they were. Their defense was atrocious. Right. Yep. Now I do think the Chargers. Everybody makes it out like they're just a ready-made situation because they have the core. They have a lot of age on the team. I think mm-hmm. their receiving core is a little old. Contracts are not great. They're, they're, yeah, their they got some cap issues. Great. So mm-hmm. it is funny to me though. Before we got into Belichick being fired, it seemed like a lot of the hot choices were Chargers, Cowboys. Yeah. And then I don't remember if it was Schefter who first came. I don't know who put Belichick and the Falcons together. Mm-hmm. But now all these these big talking heads in the NFL, it seems like they're, all, well, you know, I was thinking about the Falcons. You were thinking about the Falcons because whoever had that initial report said the Falcons. You didn't put the Falcons together. Right. 
before right. this. Mm-hmm. But that, that's a we, that's a weird mix there. It Bill is, Belichick, right? the guy who is just oh, you talk about bad law. There's in the in the book. If you wrote the book about bad playoff losses, mm-hmm. the Falcons would have the the biggest chap. That is the worst loss. Yeah, in the biggest spot, you'll never make up for it. You were owning that Super Bowl in the first half. Oh my God, owned it. The, the first three quarters, you were great. You, you, I, you, you couldn't. You can't. If, if if the Dolphins did that, I would never watch football again. I would. I would. I would have to go do something. I would never watch the sport again. You're never getting it back. No. The Falcons no. will never get back to a Super Bowl and win one. And even if they did, mm-hmm. you'd be just thinking, "Well, we should have won this the, the time we were there 50 years ago." It's it's hopeless. I mean, New England looked old. For three quarters oh. of that game. Oh, they looked to- they, they looked, looked like, like toast. Running in I couldn't get over how bad they look. And then all of a sudden, a little spark here, a little spark there, a play. It done. Played. It was done. It was done. When we return, Gordon and I will turn our attention to some hoops. I gave you a couple of names, Nick fans. See which one of these you like or maybe don't like any of them. We'll see what you have to say next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Earlier in the show, at the top, I gave you guys a couple of names, according to The Athletic, that, uh, you know, the Knicks may, may be interested in. Now, this is according to The Athletic. And the Knicks are looking to add some folks on their bench, possibly shopping Quentin Grimes and Evan Fournier's expiring contract for players who fit in the $20 million slot. Now, Fournier is supposed to make 13 mil. And uh, Grimes, I guess, somewhere will make up the difference. All right, I'll give you the names again. Uh, it was Malcolm Brogdon from Portland, Jordan, Clark's, Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton from Utah, Terry Rozier in Charlotte, Bruce Brown and TJ McConnell in Indiana, Bogdan Bogdanovich in Atlanta, Karis LeVert in Cleveland, and for some reason, Tim Hardaway Jr. of the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe just because he just because he had 32 against the Knicks doesn't mean that he would do that if he's here. <laughs> okay, so let's let's keep that in mind. So those are the choices. So uh, Gordon, for me, you know, look, you know how I feel about Brogdon. It's injuries. Mm-hmm. That, that's my thing about him. Injuries. Veteran presence, yes, he can handle the ball, but I, I'm not. No, I, I don't want him. Uh, Clarkson is interesting. We know that he can score, former six-man of the year, can't handle the ball. Um, so he, he's a possibility. Sexton, uh, okay, I guess, I guess. Terry Rozier is more of a ball handler. Um, so I guess he would be a good player. But once again, even though I know Grimes has not been consistent, Gordon, you're losing another score. I mean, Rozier, I don't know that he's going to be as – he's a scorer. He's more of a ball handler. He's more of a point guard to me. Uh, he can give you points, but he's not – you know, I'm still looking for points. Uh, Bruce Brown, Bruce, for me, Bruce Brown, he had some nice years. Obviously, with the Nets, he played well. He got a ring with, in Denver last year. But he's more of a defensive guy. He's not really that much of an offensive guy. So, and T.J. McConnell, yes, he can handle the ball, but he, he plays – he plays well against everybody. He plays great against the Knicks and always has. So, uh, you know, the other two we talked about, I'll tell you what, you think about it. We'll come back and get your thoughts next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.